It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I have always wanted a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to stay in this neighborhood with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you please? Won't you please? Please, won't you be my neighbor? I don't quite got the shoe tying down like Mr. Rogers. Wow, man, that, that old guy's quick. Uh, welcome to K2. If you didn't know, we are in a new series called Won't You Be My Neighbor? And uh, we're happy that you're here this morning. Uh, really, this whole series is like what Carrie was saying. We want to look at how we can actually love our neighbors better. And hopefully in this series, we'll be able to answer some questions that you may have as you look at how to engage and love your neighbors, uh, first of all, who is your neighbor? Like, who is that? Is that your actual neighbor, your family, your friends, your coworkers? Who is that? Um, we also want to look at creative ways to engage, how to make time with your neighbors, um, all those types of things. Today, uh, the message title is Sharing What You Have. And, uh, and so here's the deal is you can't, the opposite is also true, you can't share what you don't have, right? Like, <clears throat> if your neighbor shows up, talking about being a neighbor, and wants a cup of sugar, you can't share it if you don't have it, right? And so we want to know what we need if we're going to share with our neighbors. Uh, Carrie just talked about all these cool things that are happening, right? If we want to share some of the good news that God has given us, like, we, we need to know what we need to have, right? Don't you want to know what kind of toolbox you need in order to share effectively with your neighbors, what it looks like to really understand the good news of Jesus. And first of all, the, really the, the core behind this message is that if you're going to engage in the mission of Christ here on this earth and love your neighbor well, that mission starts and ends with community, Okay? And that's part of what we're going to be talking about today. Now, as I was looking at how do we share Jesus, how do we share the good news with our neighbor, I decided, hey, let's start where we should start, and that's with Jesus himself, right? If, if we want to know how to share him, let's see how he shared himself. And, uh, and so I looked at the Gospels, and there was this passage in Luke 10 that I just thought was so beautiful. It changed, I, I thought I knew where I was going with this message this week. And then I got into the scripture and it just changed all the direction because it's so good. Everything that we need to know, all the tools we need to be able to share what we have and to know what we have is right here in this Luke 10 passage. And so if you guys are like me, you know, you think about inviting your friend 
to this movie night on Friday or to church in the neighborhood on the 23rd or any of the things we've got going on, I'm sure it starts to raise the anxiety in you. And we need to know what Jesus actually says when he says, go out, go, right? So are you guys ready to jump into some of this today? Understand? All right. Before I read the passage, I just want to give you a little bit of background. Uh, Jesus is on his way from Galilee down to Jerusalem. And he had just, in in chapter 9, had sent his uh, 12 disciples out two by two to the last tribes of Israel. And now, in chapter 10, he's actually sending out another group that that are called the 72 disciples, a larger group of disciples, on his way south. So Galilee's up north, Jerusalem's down south. He's on his way uh, to the cross, really. He's headed back to Jerusalem where where it'll be the, the end of the story there. And so, on his way, he's going through Samaria, actually, and he, he sends these disciples out ahead of him, it says. And the, the cool thing is that they go out, and they, they actually have just tremendous success. They, they actually follow what Jesus describes that we'll get into here in just a second, and they come back just super excited because it's like, man, it worked. Like, we went out, and we shared the good news, and it, it was effective, and they came back just super joyous and excited about what God was doing. So, Let's, let's just dive on into this in Luke chapter 10. <clears throat> it says this, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him into every town and place where he was about to go. Now, there's a lot here just in this verse, first verse. And the first is this. If you're going to go out... Um, the first thing you need to put in your bag, let's imagine that we're, we're filling a bag full of the tools we need to actually share, effectively share what we've been given, right? And the first thing we need to have is we need to actually understand this, what our audience is, right? He, he, said, he sends the 72 out, and we wouldn't catch this because we're not a Jewish audience, but the Jewish audience that would have heard this when Jesus was first speaking knew what the 72 Meant. And now, they're actually referring back to this, tr- this table of nations uh, in Genesis chapter 10. Can anybody guess how many nations you think was in the table of nations in Genesis chapter 10? Well, that makes sense, yeah? So, Jesus is actually saying, hey, this message, which I once said was just for the lost tribes of Israel, isn't for those, just those people anymore. I'm sending you out. I mean, he's actually sending them out ahead of himself into Samaria. So he's saying, there's, there's more people than you realize are part of this bigger picture of what the kingdom of God looks like. He opens up the doors and says, hey, everybody is welcome into here. All the nations throughout all the earth are going to be a part of this new thing that I'm starting up, which is just such good news. And then he says, that you need to go to the tribes and go to the towns, right? or the villages in the towns is what he says. And <clears throat> the villages in the towns are just, um, the, you know, it's just kind of like they're small little places. It's kind of like our neighborhoods here when we're talking about, you know, welcome or won't you be my neighbor. These, these neighborhoods uh, are the t- places that, that, that Jesus is sending his disciples out. So just if we're trying to apply this maybe to some of what our context is, 
first of all, know this. Jesus sent his disciples out into these neighborhoods, and I don't believe it's an accident that you have been, God has placed you in the neighborhood that you're in right now. Like, whether, uh, whether that's actually your physical neighborhood, or that's your, your workplace, or maybe even the friends and family that you have surrounding you. Like, these communities that you're already invested in, I believe God has already sent you into those places. So when you look at this and you're going, how do I apply this, Lord? Like, are you, am I supposed to go? Maybe. Maybe you're supposed to go. But it's possible that he already sent you into a place that needs to hear the message of Christ. And when I say the mission starts and ends with community, it's, it's, we need to know who our audience is because God actually wants us to invest in a specific people group. He doesn't just want us to go out randomly preaching the message. He wants us to invest in a certain people and put our life there. So it's important that we know who our audience is, right? The second thing is this. If, if we're looking up our tool bag, we need to know um, that's said here. He sends them out, how many of them at a time? Two, yeah, two by two. Uh, two by two. It's like the animals on the ark. He sends them out. And I think this is, this is super important um, because this passage implies a couple things. If you're going to go out and you're going to share what you have, it actually, it's actually going to assume that you already have a couple things. And one of those things is that you, you believe in Jesus, right? <laughs> and we can't just skip over that. The second thing it's going to say is that you, you actually are coming from a community. He sends them out. What does that imply? They've already got something here, right? They, they started from a place. Jesus' community, his disciples, he had them with him, and then he sent them out two by two. But as they went two by two, they were still in community. Mission starts and ends in community don't believe that you can go out on your own and be successful because the mission of God is actually super hard work. If anybody has ever tried to do it, it's, it's hard to do on your own, and I would say impossible to do on your own. What's the, what's the old parable say? If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, what? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, go together, right? If you want to go far, go together. And, and this life, we want to go far. Like we want to keep, this isn't just something where we want to start the mission of God really fast and then just like burn out. Like we want to go together. And here's the deal is that our strengths are stronger than we think and our weaknesses are weaker. So we can actually, when we come together, we actually are able to strengthen each other. We're able to link arms with each other and we're able to move forward in such a more effective way than if we try to go on our own. There's a reason why most of the Fortune 500 companies that are out there today started as partnerships because we are better together. Now let's keep moving. It talks about the third thing that we're gonna need to put in our bag as we go. In verse two, he says, he told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send workers into the harvest field. Okay, this is important. He says, if you want to go, the first the thing you need to do as you're preparing to go, as you fill that tool bag, is that you also, not only do you need to know who you're going to go talk to, not only do you need to have a partner in that, but you need to pray. Because the work that you're going to go do 
you need God's help to go do it. Like, it's impossible without him. But the thing that you need to, work, you need to pray for is this. You need to pray for more workers. So when I say the mission starts and ends with community, he's saying, not only do I want you to go out and have a partner, I want this partnership to grow into more people actually engaging into the mission of God. You know, it's interesting, the, the, <clears throat> the church, there's statistics that are coming out, and I just read this one this week where it talked about how, what the church is going to be looking like the next 30 years. And the, the projections are that over the next 30 years, every year there's going to be one million young people walking away from the church. And they're not going to do it because they can't intellectually engage with the church or they don't believe what it says. What they look, what, the reason they're walking away is because they're looking at us, they're looking at what we're doing, and they're saying, I don't really want to be a part of that. Like, they're apathetic about what the community of Christ looks like because what we've created in the American church is a group of spectators. This is not church, right? This is a show, what's happening right now. You guys are watching me tell you stuff. And that's great. We need to have this. In fact, I, we're going to worship together in just a few minutes. And there is nothing like actually coming together as a body and singing and worshiping and having this community. But you, you know that if you're just engaging in this setting, this is not real community. This, this what right here, when you're in the trenches, like, you, that's when you create brothers, when you, you create bonds that last a lifetime, right? When you, you d- develop these friendships and these connections that grow, and, and Jesus is saying that he wants that harvest field to get, uh, he wants the field to get harvested, and what that's going to take is more people engaging in the mission, getting out of the seats, coming up on the stage, let's say, and starting to get in the game. Like, we're not spectators. That's not what Jesus calls us. We are players. We're all on the field. We're all doing the work. This is what it looks like to be part of the mission of God. And he says that when you pray, this thing you want to pray for specifically isn't that the, the, the harvest just comes to the barn, right? That's not what he says. He says, pray for workers to go out. I've never seen a group of farmers. I used to live in Pullman, Washington, and uh, there's some of the best wheat fields in the whole world are right there. And they never went into their barns and then prayed and said, God, bring all the, the, the wheat and just drop it right here for us. Well, they, they, like, they sent out combines all over to go bring that harvest back into the storehouse, right? So they could ship it all over the world and we could all eat a lot of bread, right? And get our carb load up. So that's, that's what he's saying. Hey, pray for the workers. And then he keeps moving forward. He says, uh, oh, I'm back in chapter 9. Uh, somehow I move forward. Okay, he says, go. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Here's the deal. If you start praying for your neighbors, start praying for your coworkers, and start praying for your friends, here's the deal. He, he might just send you. Jesus says, pray for these people, but guess what? I'm going to answer your prayer right now, and I'm going to send you. <laughs> the, the, you're the answer to your own prayer that if, if you're passionate about these people actually hearing the good news and understanding who I am, I'm going to send you to go do that. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. 
Here's a couple things. First of all, now you've got your bag stuffed with the things you need. You, you need uh, to know who your audience is because people matter and you're going to invest in certain ones. Mission starts and begins with relationship. You need to know, what's the second one? Wait, I, I forgot. Audi- oh, you, need, you know, that's the first one, audience. No, you need to know that you need a partner, right? And then you need to pray. Now, if we, there's some things that we may need to take out of our bag as we're going, right? It's like there's things that may try to weigh us down. And one is this. He says, don't take a lot of resources. Don't, you don't need a purse. You don't need a lot of money. I, I think as Americans, we think if we're going to go out and we're going to share a mission, we need to be the ones that resource that mission, right? We like to go into the mission field and take a lot of things. We like to bring the food and we like to bring the medicine and we like to bring all this stuff because we like to be the heroes. And, and I think in this passage it's saying, you don't need all that stuff, actually. Like, it actually might be better if you went without all that stuff and you trusted God a little bit to show up. Like, you may go without some of the things that you think you need and see what God does to provide for you as you're going out and see what that does to your faith, right? That will challenge you and that will excite you when you go out there and, and exactly when you need something, it shows up and you're like, wow, only God could have made that happen, right? So he says, you don't need to take all those things. They're going to weigh you down. And I think if we're going to apply this into our own context too, <clears throat> we think when we go out and we talk to our neighbors, we talk to our friends, we, you know, and we're, the, we're, we're bringing the message. We think we need to have all the answers as well, right? And I, I think if we're going to take this loosely and liberally, I don't think we need to have all the answers either. It's like we can just go out and we can start the conversation, right? And he says, and do not greet anyone on the road. This goes back to knowing your audience, right? He's, he's saying, I want you to invest in a specific community. Not that that person on the road doesn't matter, but I've got a people group for you to actually spend your time with, and I want you to focus on them. And if you spend all your time talking to the, this random stranger that comes up, you, you may never get to your community that I've sent you to. I'm sending you out to towns and villages. Like Jesus wanted his disciples to go into those towns and those villages and actually see a whole community transformed, right? So, so he's saying, don't get distracted along the way. Like, don't, don't ignore people along the way either, but don't get distracted. Know your mission. You can take the, out of your bag, like the weight that's like, oh, if I'm going to share the good news, I got to share it with everybody as I go. You know, it's, it's, it's not that way. So if, man, I got to chapter 11 now. My Bible. Stay where you want to be. Here we go. Verse 5 moves us from what we need and what we don't need as we go out on mission, to what we're going to do as we're out on the mission. So when you go out, here's what Jesus is going to say. This is what he's equipping you to be able to do as you go if you want to be effective when you get there, okay? Who wants to be effective when you show up at your neighbor's house? Yeah, you were all, we don't want to show up and look like an idiot. So he says, when you enter a house, okay, first of all, that implies something, right? When you enter a house, you're not going to break and enter into a house, okay? When you enter a house, it implies that you've been invited, okay? So uh, he's saying when you get to that community, here's one thing you need to do. You need to keep your eyes open for a certain type of people. And verse 6 kind of illuminates this just a little bit. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. 
If he is not, it will return to you. Okay? So he's saying, when you enter into a community, when you enter into a neighborhood, look for people, and specifically look for people that God has already been working in. Like, I know Jesus says he's going he's gonna to come after his disciples and go into these towns after they preached, but God has already been working in every one of these towns and communities before these disciples arrived. Do we believe that? Like, he is at work. Trust that he's at work in your neighborhood already before you show up at anybody's house. And know that there is a person in your community um, that, that is ready for you to engage with them, right? That's part of trusting that this is actually the way that Jesus wants us to engage. There's this idea that's introduced here. It's called the person of peace, and it gets developed through the Gospel of Luke and into the second volume of Luke's uh, a recording here, which is called the Book of Acts. It's this person of peace. Paul uses it throughout his ministry where he, he finds somebody that's open to the message, and they end up becoming this network for him to engage with that community in a way that he could not engage before because before he was an outsider, and now he's partnered with this person, and he, he, his, his ministry becomes more, 10 times more effective once he starts that partnership. Mission starts and ends with community. When you show up into your community, the first thing you do isn't go around and preach the gospel. The first thing you do is look for what? Look for a person. Right? Because that will transform every, every ministry I've ever been a part of. Eventually, this person of peace shows up. In Tennessee, there was a guy named Brian Crane who had three daughters who were in school. And, and it so happened to be that his, uh, his daughters were connected with a bunch of, uh, of other people and other kids. They lived right across the street from the school. And the, the youth ministry in, our, in our, that little church just blew up. And in turn, the church started to blow up because of it. It was just cool to see what that one connection started to do to the whole ministry because it opened up this, this boy from Idaho, that's where I came from, out into the middle of Tennessee, was able to engage uh, as an outsider because I had a network into this person's life, right? And so you got to look for a person. Let's keep reading. Um, if a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. Uh, other versions say, speak peace into that person, right? And so when you show up and you, you spend time, you find that person, speak blessing into their life, right? Speak blessing into their life. This is a good thing to do wherever you're at. When you're around other people, as you go, wherever you go, whether it's your workplace, whether it's your home, whether it's your neighborhood or your family, know that you, one of the effective ways to bring the mission, uh, the, the ministry, the message, is to speak peace and to speak blessing into the lives of those who are around you. And guess what happens? If they reject you, that blessing says it comes back on you. So why wouldn't you say the best blessings? Because if, it, if, they, if they don't want it, it'll come back and hit you in the face, which is great. <clears throat> right? You want all those blessings. So then he says, stay in that house, eating and drinking, wherever they, that they give you, uh, eating and drinking, whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wage. Do not move around from house to house. He says this, stay there a while, right? Spend time with these people. Engage in relationship with these people. This is what the mission. Didn't, Jesus, didn't you send me out to go and preach the gospel? I haven't even gotten to that yet, right? No, what he's saying is that if you're going to effectively 
preach the gospel, you have to start inviting yourself in to the lives of the people around you. Do you know what I mean? This happened to me on Friday. I was up in Pocatello. I've been helping my dad with one of his rentals. Um, My mother-in-law is going to be moving into it, and I'm trying to do some reno on it. And I was up there this weekend, Friday and Saturday, and I was refinishing the floors, and I went to lunch at one of the fast food restaurants there, and these six Mormon missionaries walked in, and this one of them, his name's Reggie, he came up, and I was wearing a Spartan race shirt, jacket thing, and he, uh, he came up, and he's like, hey, what, what Spartan race did you run? And he starts talking to me, and he sits down. He had ordered his food. It was getting cold, you know, and he was just engaging with me, and we had this really, really good conversation that wouldn't have happened if he didn't invite himself into my life. Now, his friend from Alabama uh, tried to convert me, and then it all kind of spun out of control, but I really, <laughs> I did really enjoy my time with Reggie, and, and I am actually really thankful that he invited himself into my world, and we had a great conversation. Now we're Facebook friends already. Glad they let him do that now. And, uh, and maybe someday he'll know more about Jesus, right? So, um, so this, is, this is like what, we, what he's saying. Like, which one of these things so far is not relational? Out of everything he's asking us to do, Jesus is saying, they're, they're all relational. Mission, if we're going to go out and do this, if we're going to share what we have, it starts and ends with relationship, okay? So let me keep moving. I'm getting distracted. Um, Let's see. When you enter a town, this is verse 8. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is set before you. Okay, he's, this is, I don't have time to get into all this. He's not talking about worrying about if you go on the mission field and you go to like Japan and they set like some sushi or something that's nasty in front of you that you don't want to eat. I don't like fish, okay? I know that some of you are like, what? I, I just, I don't like it. So if they set a uh, sushi in front of me, I would have to squirm a little. But he's not talking about that. He's talking about the idea that these are Jewish people. They're going into non-Jewish communities, and who knows what kind of food they're going to set in front of you. And he's saying, guess what? The relationship that you're going to build is so much more important than the religious rituals. Like they had the, the Jewish people, they have strict uh, dietary restrictions, right? And, and what they can and can't eat. Now, Jesus is saying, I don't care about those rituals. Whatever they put in front of you, eat it, okay? That's okay. He's saying, if, w- what you need to do, be authentic. Don't be, don't be disingenuous, right? But what you need to do if you want to really truly engage with these people is do anything short of sin to build that connection, to build that relationship, right? To build that that. spend time with them. Do whatever they're willing to do. If that means, that might mean that you're, you're going to go skiing with them, but you hate skiing, right? It's like, I'm going to do it because I want to spend time with this person. And then finally, no, he doesn't even get there yet. Verse nine, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near. Okay. He's almost, he's, he's just getting there to preaching the good news. But before he does that, he says, heal the sick. Use, use the gifts God has given you to actually bless those around you, right? 
And so in this, in this passage, like Jesus sends them out with supernatural power to cast out demons, to heal sick people. But truthfully, whatever God, God has gifted you with all sorts of cool things. Like you have gifts that I don't have or that maybe nobody else in this room have that you can use to bless people. And it might be medical gifts or it might be the fact that you, uh, you just love uh, to scrapbook or you love to woodwork or you love to make you know, balloon animals. I don't know what it might be, but you can use that gift to bless those around you. So this is part of building that relationship with this community. And and all these things stack up. Like he's told us to do five things before he asks us to even start preaching the kingdom, right? So he finally says it right there in verse nine. The kingdom of God is near, right? This is the good news. Right? This is a great message. We have the best message, in fact. Uh, we, we have the, this message that says God actually notices us. He cares for us. Um, he could be anywhere else in this universe doing whatever he wanted to do, but he cares about you. And not only that, he came down and showed his love for us. He came and he gave up his life so that we could have life. Like This is the type of God that we're telling you about. This is what the kingdom is. The kingdom is us actually engaging with that God in such a way that he is able to enter into our broken places, enter into our hurts, enter into the pains of our life, and start to bring healing into the midst of that. Isn't that good news? Like, doesn't that get you a little bit excited? Yeah, and know this. Know this, that if it is good news, if you believe that it is good news, you will talk about it, okay? You will talk about it. How many of you who go to like a, a restaurant, you go to a restaurant and you have amazing service and you have the most spectacular meal and then they throw in a free dessert and you're, not, you're like, I'm not gonna tell anybody about this. You go everywhere and you're like, man, this place is awesome. And I, I'm, you, know, you tell everybody. Or maybe you're, uh, you're the, the, you know, the, you've got, a, you're a woman and you find the, the perfect hairdresser, right? I hear this is a thing. I don't know. Here, this is the thing. Like, they're hard to find. It's like a unicorn. And, and then once you find it, you're going to tell all your friends about it, right? It's like, oh, man, she's amazing. It's like, I found the perfect one. And, 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 and then all your friends are going to go, right? And so if it's good news, you're going to talk about it. You're going to tell people about it. But he says what might happen when you do this, okay? Um, <clears throat> but when you enter a town and are not welcomed. So you might be welcomed and all these good things happen, Right? where you're able to build relationship, you're able to uh, engage with these people, you're able to bless these people, but there may be a fact that people come in, they, they hear what you're about, and they reject you, right? What does he say to do? Go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town sticks to my feet. You wipe off against, uh, I wipe off against you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God is near. I tell you, he goes on, but basically he just says leave. Like, don't worry about it. Don't waste your time there. Don't go into that town and spend all your time hitting your head against the wall. Like, just move along. Like, go to the next town. And, and for you, it might be that, that God, you, you've been trying to engage with your family and you realize that it's just not working. Like, they're shut down. They're closed down to you talking about who God is. And so that might mean that that door is closed. That doesn't mean, okay, I tried preaching that gospel that one time and that didn't work, so I'm going to stop. Like, don't get discouraged. Here's the truth. As Jesus says that if you actually have a message, uh, 
If, if you have a message that you're trying to say, pe- people, some people won't like it. That's all right. Just move along. Like maybe God is trying to close that so you can focus more specifically on your coworkers. Or maybe he's wanting you to spo- focus specifically on your literal neighbor across the street who you've never gone and talked to, right? Uh, not, um, it's not me, right? It's not, I'm not the guy who's never talked to his neighbor. Like, right? <laughs> we're, all, we're all sitting in our house watching Netflix instead of going over and talking to our, our neighbors. Like he might be trying to close some doors so you can actually get out there, right? And so this, this is important. This is so important. These, these pieces, like they're, they're, they're a hinge pin to actually having an effective message. They tell us how to go out and share the message in such a way that can be effective. Like we have to do, we have to preach the gospel in a way that promotes relationship because the message and the mission of Jesus are connected. And they start and they end with relationship. And we can prove it by the fact that Jesus on the, John 17, 4, it's not going to be on the screens, but you can look it up or write it down. Um, John 17, 4, Jesus says while he's in the garden and he's praying in the, in the garden of Gethsemane before he goes to the cross, he says, God, I can say that I've accomplished everything you've sent me to accomplish. I read that passage and I don't understand because I look at it and I go, Jesus, you haven't gone to the cross yet. Isn't that what God sent you to accomplish is to, to wipe out my sins? And evidently that's not, right? It's, it's, it's part of what he ends up doing. But it says that I've accomplished everything you sent me to accomplish. And there's two things that Jesus did with his life and his ministry. And they were to preach the good news of the kingdom, that it's near, that God wants to be with you, and that he invested in his disciples. He invested in a few guys, and then he asked them when he, when he ascended into heaven to do the exact same thing that he did. The mission and the ministry are tied together. Like, the, you can't take the message and divorce it from the method, right? It's like they're, they're one in the same because God actually, when he came into this, wor- this world, part of the thing he wanted to transform wasn't just your life. He wanted to transform and, and, and your eternal existence, right? He wanted to transform what's happening right now in the midst of your community. He, he says in the Lord's Prayer, right? Thy will be done on what? As it is in, so when you go out, what kind of wakes are you leaving as you walk out your mission? Is heaven following behind you, blessing the people around you? Are their relationships better because you've been in their life? How do your relationships look to those who are engaged in the mission, right? Like the partner is what I mean. Like you go out with a partner to go and do this ministry, to do this work. What does that relationship look like? Is it good? Right? These are things that we have to care about because they, they 
speak a message because the message of God is that he actually wants to bring his goodness, his love, his grace, all the best things of heaven, and he wants them to crash into this earth so that we don't have to wait till one glad morning when this life is over, right? We can start experiencing heaven today. Isn't that good? Like, it, it, I don't know about you, but when, when relationships are going well in my life, it is like heaven on earth. And when relationships aren't going well in my life, it is like hell on earth. Who's with me? Like, seriously. That's, that's the truth. And so God came in the flesh to transform us so that we could go on mission and see others transform the same way. And when the disciples come back, it's amazing. They actually come back and they're so stoked. They're excited because it works they're like, man, we saw miracles happen in Jesus. This, I don't have time to read it. They, they saw miracles happening, and he's like, yeah, I saw Satan falling from heaven like lightning, man. You guys were doing awesome. You're doing so good. And so, like, th- this, is, this is the type of fire it puts in you. You can't go out and be on mission with God and not be on fire. When you see somebody's life transformed completely it ignites your soul in a way nothing else can trust me if your life is lame and boring right now do this you're gonna have some fun it's gonna be an adventure okay you with me yeah this is cool stuff that God is inviting us into because he wants us to be part of the mission and he wants us to go out and be on mission together because he loves us and he wants us to experience all the goodness that he has for us. And part of that is the goodness of being in relationship with him, being in relationship with each other, and then going out and living a life that's on purpose. So let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we lift this to you. Lord, there's some in this room who are experiencing uh, hurt. They're experiencing depression um, that are just... Maybe you're just experiencing a lull, like life, the daily grind is getting to him. And I just pray you would speak to each one of us. You'd show us where you want to engage in this message in our hearts. Lord, you've been speaking uh, to each one of us. Um, It may not even be the main point of what was being preached, but I know that there's something. And I just pray that each one of us would capture it and we'd hang on to it. Lord, that you would transform us because of that. That point that you're trying to speak into our souls. So, Uh, Lord, we love you. Lord, we're thankful for this life that you've given us, and we lift it all to you in your name. Amen. Hey, before I I step down here, I just want to make mention real quick of the church in the neighborhood on December 23rd. I know Carrie said, if you show up, you're going to be here by yourself. Don't do that, okay? But know that we're going to have church communities in people's homes all around the valley, and we want you to be there. And part of the way that you can help us to help make sure this is coordinated and make sure you get the right information about where that church location is going to be in your neighborhood is we need you to go out and to sign up for your, if, for your neighborhood. So if you live in Sandy, go put your name down for Sandy. We will get you the address and the contact information for the Sandy uh, host site for the church in the neighborhood that day. And then we'll have that church site leader get in touch with you. And that day, we're going to have a little message that's going to be vi- via video. We're going to have some discussion. But most of all, we're just going to have like this the whole thing of community. We're going to spend time and eat together. Did you like how in this passage it says, eat twice? I mean, it talks about eating twice in that one little short little great. I love eating, man. So get out there and we're going to eat together. We're going to have some brunch 
and, uh, and enjoy time with one another. And here's the great news, is it's not just for us. Like, there's some people that you know that would never walk into this building. They might walk into your house or one of your friend's houses. So uh, just consider that, inviting some of your friends and your neighbors into church in the neighborhood. So, hey, glad you're here today. I'm going to go ahead and pass uh, this off to the worship team so we can continue uh, with our time of worship.